In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're looking um, today at uh, the letter to the Ephesians, really as opposed to the Gospel lesson. Although we'll look at the Gospel lesson a little bit because it, it reflects um, the powers that be. In, in many ways, it reflects uh, what what the true power that people thought was was for the kingdom of God, where people like um, Herod would be replaced, um, who were sort of puppet kings for Rome, um, with the true king. And we see the type of king that um, Herod is, is even, even though he's um, interested and intrigued by John the Baptist and the things that he says, um, never really could fully commit, certainly doesn't stand up to his, his wife, um, certainly doesn't repent of his, um, his actions of taking his brother's wife. Um, and, and in the end, uh, ends up killing John the Baptist because of just a statement that he makes at, at a birthday party where he's probably had a little uh, too much to drink, right? And so this is um, the reality of the world, which Jesus is coming to uh bring forth the kingdom of God, to introduce the kingdom of God, to, to, to have the kingdom of God be set forth. And this is what John the Baptist was preparing the world for as well. Um, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jesus comes, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, these kings are not kings. They're not the true kings. In fact, don't look at them and don't even look at, look at how anything that they are doing as being an aspect of kingship, of being something that God is going to modify a little bit. In fact, God's not coming to modify it at all. God's coming to replace it. And we see that really, really quickly in Ephesians, where it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose Christ in the world, us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in his love. And so right away, we see in Christ, in Jesus, in the kingdom of God, um, don't look for, for things like they were in the Old Testament, uh, for physical, material blessings. Look for the spiritual blessings and every spiritual blessing. Indeed, every blessing we have comes from God. Everything we have comes from God. And, and this is the first main point of this section, that all that we have comes from God. Everything is a gift from God, including Jesus, whom God has given to us in order to make us holy and blameless before God. And so this is, this is a glorious, glorious passage that that does redefine slightly, not just kingship or kingdom, but really redefines what it means to be blessed by God. Because in the Old Testament, the promises were always, I'm going to lead you into the promised land, right? I'm going to, I've prepared a place for you and you will know that I'm God because you will be cared for. 
And, and the point of that, of course, was to be a witness to the other nations, to claim God as the supreme God, the one God, the only God, over against the many gods of other nations. There was the one true God of Israel. And the role of Israel was to live in a good covenant relationship with God, obeying the commands of God, keeping the commands, and, and reflecting God's great and gracious love, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and kindness. These types of things that were not reflective of the other gods, right? The other gods you had to appease. The other gods you had to offer sacrifices, human sacrifices. Even the sacrifices in the Old Testament were, were offerings that then were shared with the, with the community, right? They're, they're burnt offerings that then you feasted and celebrated with God. They're, they're offerings that um, you gave forth as, as a blessing or as a promise um, for first fruits that you, that you gave because you trusted that God was going to care for you, the, to give thanks for the many things that God has given you. And so there, there's no, you know, human sacrifices. They're not even all these animal sacrifices um, just to appease God so that God can eat, um, right? So that God is, is pleased and God will atone for you. Indeed, really the only time that we have um, this, this, this atonement is where, where the blood of the people is put on um, the, for the sins of the nation is put on the goat, the scapegoat, who's then sent off into the wilderness. That goat isn't even, even killed. He's just sent off so that the, the sins of the community aren't even a part of the community. And so, and so we see um, that God is different, right? God is not like all the gods of the nations around it. And so the ways in which Israel was blessed was they're blessed with, with material blessings. They're blessed with good harvest. They're blessed with riches. They're blessed with comfort. They're blessed with victory and war. Um, all in order for, 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 the other, for the rest of the world to see God as the one true God who heals and blesses and forgives. And so this is the thought, right? This is the thought the process that carries over into the, the promise of the kingdom of God. Um, and, and now we see in Christ that the true revelation, the true promise, the true hope sort of is born out. That, that isn't material blessings. It isn't riches and wealth and power like Herod that we have in God. It's every spiritual blessing that we have comes from God. Indeed, every blessing, but, but those are also manifest in, in spiritual realities of, of peace and, and confidence and assurance and guidance and wisdom and, and um and forgiveness, which is sort of the second thing, right? We have forgiveness in Christ. In Christ, through his blood, we have forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of grace that he's, that's been lavished upon us. We have been made blameless and holy, adopted as children of God. And so here in, in 
Ephesians, we really have um, a couple of, of primary themes that's in, in the scriptures anyway. We have the theme of Exodus, right? We have the theme that we're, we've been rescued from slavery of sin. We've been, we've been um, redeemed from our own sinfulness and forgiven and made holy and blameless in the sight of God, adopted as, as sons and daughters, made um, his children. And this is the whole, whole promise of the Exodus, right? You've, you've been rescued from Pharaoh. You've been released from slavery. You've crossed through the Red Sea and, and led into the land of promise, um, whereby you will be my people and I will be your God. And so long as you keep my covenant, um, all will be good and, and you'll be blessed richly and totally, right? And so this is, this right here reflects the key theme, or one of the key themes anyway, in, in Israel's history, in is the life of Israel, of, of Exodus, of being forgiven, of being redeemed, of being brought through the Red Sea, um, and those forces of evil have been vanquished as the water sort of closed back in on them. And, and you've been led to the land of promise, the land of hope. And this is, this is the, the theme that, that is, is written here about our life in Jesus. Our life in Jesus is, is an exodus. We've been redeemed through the blood of Christ on the cross and through the resurrection of Jesus. Our sins have been forgiven, and we've been made holy and blameless before God, made his children, adopted sons and daughters, living gloriously. And with all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, and in Christ we have obtained an inheritance, having been destined to the purpose of him who accomplishes the thing to his counsel and will. An inheritance. So we've been given the promises of Christ. We've been given the blessings, the promised land that was, that was promised to Abraham when God called Abraham to pick up and just go, leave everything you have, take your wife, take your nephew, take your stuff, and go to a place that I'll show you, right? Just, just have faith. I'll be with you, and I'll make your descendants like the stars of the sky, and they will be blessed. And here it is. Here's the fulfillment of this promise, of this, of this promise to Abraham, of this covenant that God made so long ago. It's in Christ. We, the descendants of Abraham, either by blood or by faith, have, have come to be the sons and daughters adopted by God and inherited the blessings that, that God promised Abraham so long ago. So it's glorious, right? This is, this is the, the joy of, of living fully into the promises and hope of God. And then the third theme, 
that 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 happens one one we've given getting the the blessings of god every blessing we have every spiritual blessing comes from god and two sort of the exodus of of in christ being the forgiveness of sins and and three is the promise of the holy spirit which in many ways is is the return from exile um not just in many ways but it is really the return from exile the coming of the holy spirit is is the return from exile because exile, you might remember, is when Israel sort of stopped keeping their promises to God. They, they abandoned God. They chose the gods of other nations. They followed um, just seeking their own, their own fleshly desires of wealth and power and neglected um, to keep the covenant of God. And, and God sent prophets again and again and, and warned Israel to return. But instead, they didn't. Right? Instead, they chose um, a different path, and they were they the temple was destroyed, and they were led into exile for seventy years, um, and then gradually returned. But but one of the what one of the things that happened, of course, in that exile, um, first is. That, the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple. The temple is the present, the place where God resides, right? The temple is is where God is. The Holy of Holies was taken away. Um, so the Ark of the Covenant. So even when Israel was wandering through the wilderness and God was in the tabernacle, God was present in the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle. And the presence of God continued in, in the temple as he is in the Holy of Holies. And so this is the temple is where is where God is. And so Israel is taken from the presence of God. And they returned. But one of the things that, that took place when they returned, even in, in building the temples, they know that it was said there is no longer the presence of God, no longer the Shekinah, no longer God's presence existing. And so what people have been waiting for in in through the Messiah, the kingdom and God's kingdom bursting forth into the world, was also that God would return. Right? Not only would he would he rid uh, um, of of Rome and and other other worldly powers for Israel to be free again, but but God's presence would come, and people could could gather and be in the presence of God, and the exile would finally be over. They'd finally be home. And what we have in the, in the coming of the Holy Spirit is something far greater, right? What we have when we're sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever is the fact that God's presence resides in us. We, the people of God, become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, right? In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards the redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. This is the promised pledge of your inheritance, that the Holy Spirit is upon you, that cannot be taken away from you, and God resides in you. The holy presence of God isn't in buildings, isn't in the temple. It's in you. It's in me. We are the body of Christ. We 
are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are living stones who make up the spiritual house of God. And this is a glorious, amazing, marvelous thing. Because not only is it, um, is it just this, this redemption of how God is present in our lives that we sort of take for granted, at least I take for granted, you may not take it for granted, but, but that we have been brought forth from exile in Christ. And we've come back. And I don't know about you, but, but one of the things that this, this um, pandemic has, has done for me in, in a couple of, of positive ways, one is, is recognizing that God's presence exists even when we're not gathered in church, that we can, we can even do films like this and, and the blessings of God and, and you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in you and upon you. Um, and, and while, while I sort of always knew that it doesn't, it doesn't really get driven home until, until, um, something like the pandemic took place where you're forced into experiencing it and really, and really striving to, to seek the presence of God and, and, and relish the fact that it's within you and you don't have to go to church. But the flip side, of course, is that when we come back to church, um, and sort of the exile nearly is over, it's over because not because we're we're in the church building, but because we're together, and we experience the power and the presence and and glory of God's great love because we have gathered together, and we build upon one another's gifts because the Spirit has has different gifts and different offerings and different people. And so there's, there's the reflection of God's great spirit in you and the reflection of God's great spirit in her and the reflection of God's great spirit in him and the reflection of God's great spirit in me. And, and all of those things, when we come together, really delivers the, the power and presence of, of God's great love um, that's just amazing. And we know that we're home that we're home, that we've returned because we experience in a variety of ways the glory of who God is. And so as, as um, Paul begins this letter to the Ephesians, we have this setup, right? That's, that's just put right out there that everything comes from God. Every spiritual blessing comes from God. And the blessings that God gives you now are primarily spiritual. While you may have material blessings as well, while you may have your good health and you may have a job and you may have comfort and you may have these things and those things all come from God as well. God is promising first and foremost spiritual blessings in your life. He's promising to return you from the Exodus, to lead you into the Exodus, where your sins are forgiven and you have been made a child of God, being led into the land of promise and hope and peace in his kingdom. And that you've been returned from exile. That even when we go astray, we come back because the presence of God is in us through the Holy Spirit. 
the first promise that we have. And so these things are put forth in this letter more than anything else. You are blessed. You are made a child of God. You embody the presence of God. Live for God each and every day. Be thankful for God's love each and every day. Embrace the power and glory of God each and every day. Because if we do this, um, the lives that we live will be amazing and glorious. And I pray that we embrace it, that you embrace it, that you hold fast to what God's kingdom love has brought you into, away from the Herods of the world and to the light of promise. Amen.